welcome to episode 64 of the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me on this first depressing episode for quite a while is Mr Chris Manning. Chris, how are you? I'm very well, thank you Daniel. Uh, it's lovely to be here as ever um, to reflect on another happy weekend in the world of Bolton Wanderers. Mm. It's always fun, isn't it? It's never yeah, boring. It's been a few weeks since the last podcast, so... I, I, I want to say since MK Dons was the last time we were all on, uh, and yeah, it's all gone to shit since then. But also joining me to talk about that this uh, this week is Mr. Liam O'Mara. Liam, how's the, how are Europe doing? Are we going to win? Good, yeah. For, thanks for having me back. I, you only ever seem to invite me when we're losing, but that's yep. fine. I'll, I'm, I'm here. How are Europe doing in that Ryder Cup? Oh, I, I can't see it. Obviously, when this goes out, they've probably stormed to victory, but right now, I can't see anything more than an American win now. Okay, yeah, we seem to have fucked it right at the beginning, which we all, we know far a lot about as Bolton fans. And also joining us for his first ever Line of Vienna Street podcast appearance is Mr. Joe Norris. You may know Joe from a couple of uh, financial pieces on the site and whatnot, but so, Joe, how are you doing? Good evening. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not so bad. I mean, uh, about as happy as a Bolton fan can be at the moment, given our... Uh, Current ongoing shit show. Yeah, well, there's no need to dawdle. Let's jump straight into it. Bolton, as we've alluded to, has gone to absolute shit. After such a good start, like five games unbeaten, six games unbeaten, whatever it was, we have now gone, if we include the Checker Trade Trophy, eight games without a win. We haven't scored in four games, the last goal being Keshi Anderson's ass attack, whatever you want to call it. You know, the last four games we have lost 1-0 to Walsall, drawn 0-0 to Bradford, lost 1-0 to Rochdale, and yesterday we lost 2-0 at home to Oxford United. Thankfully, mercilessly, mercilessly, mercifully, I don't know, I have not been to any of those four games, and I can't express how happy I am at that fact. But Chris, I think you've been to a couple, why don't you talk about them in general, what the fuck's gone wrong, what's the doing... Of these new signings, you know, after the great deadline day that we all so lauded and loved, it's all gone to shit. Yeah, I think it's it's just too easy for us to fall back into that mindset of last season. You know, we've we've kept what six or seven core members of the team as those that have let us down so badly last year. So whilst they maybe rode a bit of a wave of success in the early part of the season, as soon as anything happened negatively, their heads dropped. Um, and all of a sudden it became, it's probably become too easy for them to, to get back in that exact same mindset that caused us to, to fall so badly last year. I just think it's weak. We're weak. We're weak physically. We're weak mentally. Um, I can't speak for the leadership of Parkinson because he's only been here five minutes, but he seems to have the same faith in the same donkeys that Friedman had, that Lennon had. You know, Not, not much has changed. I mean, the, the changes that he has made, the plays that he has brought in, started off well. I don't know whether they're being influenced by those that drag us down or whether they're just similar kind of people. But, yeah, it's hard to pinpoint it because there's moments where we play well, you know, moments being fairly infrequent. But it shouldn't be this disastrous because, and I know we had the same conversation when we got out of the Premier League, these are a lot of players who've played at a much higher level. So why are they so bad? It's hard to pinpoint it, Dan, but um, it's really frustrating, really frustrating. Liam, do you have any like idea of what's gone wrong and how to combat it in the slice? Because you know I've been listening and you know watching the highlights, the you know the highlights in inverted commas, listening to commentaries and whatnot, and it just it just seems like we've just lost something that edge that we had in the start of the season, that I don't know that grittiness we had to the team finally, where we could grind out results, grind out 
just be solid. It just seems to have gone down the window. Out the window. Don't, yeah, I, I don't think we're necessarily not solid. I, you know, we're, we're not getting battered. We're, we're conceding the odd one, keeping clean sheets, drawing near nil, or losing one and maybe conceding right at the end. The, being solid isn't the issue. The problem is, and anyone who's watched us, and I think this was even when we were doing well, we'll see that it was flawed. We were riding our luck a little bit. You know, we were relying on screamers, set pieces. There's no flow to our game. And the players that we've brought in have, have made that problem even worse while they're trying to bed in. And I think one or two of the players that we have brought in have been good additions. I think Henry will come good. I think he's been quite unlucky, to be honest. I think he will come good. Amiobi, I think, is a waste of time. I think if we've got rid of Walker to bring in Amiobi, I think that was a bad bit of business as it's turned out now. Granted, I wasn't saying that on deadline day. I thought it was great. But looking on it, you know, how's Amiobi ended up at us? Why is no one else taking him? It, it seemed too good to be true, and I'm a big believer that, that that's not a case. If so many championship clubs passed up on him, mm-hmm. maybe with their scouting, this is why. Mm. Because he he can't impact a game. Has he ever looked at you? Like, I remember if you, when I got scout reports from both Cardiff and Newcastle fans, they both said that he suffers from quite severe asthma and can't, and just, he's just hanging it's out of his arse for 20 minutes. Does that look... So why, yeah, but asthma not... doesn't stop him from being able to pick a pass, does it? The fact that he can't... Pe- Play a ten-yard ball. That's nothing to do with asthma. That's due to why are we not? not why are we not factoring that into our scouting reports? Mm-hmm. Though you know, it's like you know, well, we signed somebody. Well, he's only got one leg. Oh, we didn't know about that until he turned up. <laughs> at the team. You know, it, it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. a bit ad hoc. You, you, anything like that does seem rushed. I mean, it is. It was a name, and then granted, if any one of us was in that boardroom and Sammy Amiobi got offered to us at nine o'clock in the evening, every one of us would probably have gone, "Yeah, let's get him in." But, yeah, it's a name, but it's his brother's name, isn't it? It's not his. Well, yeah. yeah. If his surname weren't Abby Orby, he probably wouldn't be getting the chance that he gets. But he's had a half he's had a half ass career at Middlesbrough, half ass career at Newcastle, half ass career at, at Cardiff. I mean, what this is just following the trend of his entire career. Just because he can do a few step overs in that, don't mean he's going to all of a sudden yeah, rip up trees when it comes to Wanderers. And he's shown that he's not he's he's not even a one trick pony. He just just makes it up on the spot. He's like. Like Fastino Espria with a tenth of the talent. It's just the brain and the legs don't work in sync. But I don't think like defenders don't know where the ball's gonna go. But I don't think he knows where the ball's gonna go. No. I think he's just constantly improvising. I don't think he can control his own feet. I think he's just he's unpredictable because he's just not got the ball under control. No. The brain I and the legs aren't working in tandem, are they? I find that he just seems to stop as well. He'll go past two players and just stops dead for some reason. Mm. Like I, I don't understand him. I find players like that so frustrating. It was the same when we had Vladimir Vice, where everyone starts getting up on the feet because he goes past one player, but it's impact on a game and how more likely you are to win with a player on that pitch. And for me, we are a much weaker team with him in it. And it's a shame, really, because like a lot of people, I thought that could have worked. So, Joe, do you think why, why do you think we've gone? You know, we've lost so much momentum and literally just gone off the tracks in recent weeks. Is it these new signings? Have they disrupted the flow? Or is it Parkinson? To be honest, I think it's fine margins. I mean, when we were winning, we were only, we were only ever winning by you know one nil, two one. We weren't battering teams. It wasn't like we were wiping the floor with people. And I think it doesn't take much for a one nil one way to change into going going the other way. I just think. And it pains me to say it, I think we missed Medine. I know he played yesterday and we were still crap, but 
certainly against Rochdale, we were crying out for a target man, and Proctor just isn't. And we just, like I say, I don't think we were playing especially well when we were winning. And now it's just, it's not happening for us. We're not getting that bit of luck that we had earlier in the season. We're not having things like Keshi Anderson bouncing one in off his arse or something like that, or Jay Spearings banging one in the top corner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you can talk about, like, earlier in the season we were talking about how great Spearing was, but when Jay Spearing's smashing free kicks into the top corner, he's not Andrea Pirlo, is he? He's not going to be doing that for you every week. So we're relying on someone like Spearing pulling pulling out a ridiculous goal, then I, I just don't think we're that good. It I don't think we're like, that good when we're winning. I don't think we're that good now. It's too reliant on too many people. That's the problem. It's and if you don't, the problem oh, West Ham are currently having. So last season, but obviously they're on a bit, more, bit of a worse scale. So obviously last season, they did really well, finished sixth, whoever it was. And But the problem is, they won so many games just through Paye scoring absolute wonder freak goals. And now his goals have dried up a bit. They've, no, so Jay Spearing is Dimitri Payet. It seems to be. It seems to have the same problem, if not the same. Not the same. Not the same level. <laughs> I of think player. one of them would be far happier with that comparison than the other. <laughs> well, yeah, probably you would have thought so. Um, so you went to Rochdale, Joe. Just how bad was it? I did. It's in in my long and painful time watching Bolton. I've seen some bad performances, but good God, they were bad. I mean, Rochdale are a objectively crap team and we made them look like Barcelona I mean it wasn't like we battered them and they scored on the break we it could have been 4 or 5 we were genuinely that bad I mean they hit the post they were carving through us at will Liam Trotter is just the world's worst footballer he managed to pass it out of play he basically passed it to the linesman three times <laughs> he's just on genuinely Saturday, appalling that Chris Taylor who we've signed off Blackburn oh. is Shite. Shall we talk about him? Because he had a he had a nice uh, send off, didn't he, Chris? Yeah, from from all accounts, uh, and I didn't go to the game, but what I read online, yeah, we were we were particularly mean to that poor footballer, weren't we, Joe? Is that that you doing that? Well, Joe's gone, so you best to ask Liam instead and let him. Oh, okay. Well, what what we'll do is we'll we'll just say that we'll pretend that Joe's here. So Liam, you be Joe. So um, Liam, stroke Joe. In, in that oh, case. Oh, Joe's back. We don't, to, off the... we don't have to pretend that you're Liam anymore. Right, so yeah, Chris Taylor, um, was the online scathing reviews justified or was it internet ex- exaggeration? Was he really that bad? And what's all this about him having uh, thrown a bit of shade our way when he left the pitch? Yeah, he, he was shocking. It's it's not like sometimes when you judge a player where, you know, they're capable or better. I don't think he's capable or better. I just think he's a really, really shit footballer and it's not his fault. You know, it's not his fault. He's crap. It's whoever keeps picking him. But when he got subbed and there was a massive sarcastic cheer from the crowd and he basically turned around and gave it a bit of the what the fuck are you cheering about to the fans, which obviously didn't do much to calm things down. I mean, that that's nothing. I mean, Dean Moxie told one of our fans to fuck off when he told me it was crap. So, you know, it's far from the only negative player reaction. But, yeah, he seemed genuinely surprised that we thought he was crap. And I don't see how he could have been. He was genuinely diabolical from the first minute until the second he was subbed we should have kept seeing it we should I mean it speaks volumes that we're talking about Feeney and Gary Medine like they're actually good players and they're not they're just betting the shite we're currently fielding yeah well that's that's uh, that's an objective an objective statement in terms of Medine but we'll uh, I'm sure we'll come on to that later on was there any (laughs) redeeming players on Wednesday or Tuesday night 
Joe? Um, no, no. They were. I mean, Cuff and Amiobi get away with it, but only because they only came on with 20 minutes left and didn't really do anything noticeably bad. I mean, standout in terms of being crap were Taylor, Trotter, surprise, surprise, and Howard, whose kicking was even worse than usual. Like, by the end of the game, if he managed to hit the big green thing, then we were quite pleased. Wow. So, the recent game on Saturday, a, a quite an embarrassing 2-0 loss to Oxford United. They scored twice in the final 10 minutes. Chris, what, what happened? Hey, Oxford United, it was an absolute shambles of, of a performance. We we got precisely what we deserved, and, and they got precisely what they deserved at the same time. They, I thought they outfought us, outthought us, and, and outbattled us as well. All our key men, Spearing, uh, Beavers, uh, Medine, down that spine of the team, all were underperforming for various reasons. Um, I've struggled to set many positives at all out of that game, to be honest, Dan. Um, apart from the fact the weather was nice uh, for a, a, a game in the early stages of October, I didn't have my coat on, so, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was it was a good day out. Every cloudy. Um, so, what, what what went wrong then? Was it just Parkinson's tactics? Was the players just not oh, on it? What, what, yeah, what, what? I think it's it's a bit a little bit from column A and column B. I, I don't like that diamond formation. I don't I like the right. fact, I don't like the fact that we've narrowed the pitch so much and then it leaves us with no width whatsoever and, and the play congested. Uh, and the fact that we're so reliant on spearing, he's, he's, he's not the player that we know to to play a perfect game every single week. He's been great so far. But the ones that we rely upon, like I said, him and, Spe- and Beavers and, Spe- and Wheater, sorry, all had, had disappointing games. I mean, Wheater just gets worse every week, I think. He's, he's really gone back to the play last, of last season as opposed to... And Beavers, for, the, for the, his own sake, was clearly about 60% fit, probably at best. Mm-hmm. Um and like Joe said before, Medine's hopeless. And I know you said about how we miss Medine. I don't think we miss Medine. I think I still think we're, we're struggling to get over the fact we haven't got Matt Davies on the ball. Matt Davies can, can get the ball, drive it forward, get past people, and, and bring others into play. We haven't got anybody who can do that now. Spearing's yeah. good at winning the ball and, bring, and and you know spreading the play a little bit. But other than that, who've we got? We've got Trotter. No thanks. We've got Vela when he plays in midfield. Well, he's not up to much. Um, we're really short of options in midfield when, when Davies isn't there and that isn't a, ca- a, ca- a case for bringing Darren Prattley back either because he's no more of a problem well, than anyone else It's interesting that because we all were on record at the start of the season saying Davies was our worst player we shouldn't be playing he just slows everything down he isn't what he is what, what he once was or what he should be but since he got injured at Charlton we haven't won yep. so do we Missing more than we all thought we would do. No, it's honestly, and and I'll, I'll I'll bring this back to Joe in a second. But I remember our, our discussion the other night about um, you you were telling me I think your words were along the lines of the fact that our results have gone downhill since Medine got injured. Well, I thought about it halfway through the game, and it was I'm sure it was when it was when Davies got injured, not Medine. So that link isn't something that I, I, I subscribe to at all. We just haven't got enough strong players mentally, physically, or anything else, Dan. Um, Liam, do you think I'm on the right path there, or, or how did you see it? Similar, but I completely disagree with you about Sterling. I think he's been the biggest disappointment this year. I keep being told off everybody how well Sterling's playing, but whenever I've watched him, I'm just seeing the same player that hides from the game. The amount of times that they will have the ball, and he will literally go to stand next to their opponent to not make himself available, and we end up chipping this pointless pass towards Proctor who can't hold it. He single-handedly is stopping us from attacking properly because he won't get on the ball. And he, all he has to do is make himself available. 
but he will not do it, and he's not done it for years. I just, there's, I, there's a limit so... to how much spearing can do when the ball's being lobbed over his head every time yeah, it goes forward. I mean, we don't use the midfield. He, he's never available. If you watch, he never makes himself available. Do you? Let's be honest, right? We're sat here as fans. Do you think the players want to be knocking it long every single time? Or are they like us, want to actually pass it a little bit? I'm sure that if the ball was available to a centre midfielder who's got no one around him, that nine times out of ten, any player would just give it into him. But he is never, ever available. It is one thing being good defensively, which he is. He's great at that. But it's another thing being a midfielder who gets involved in the game. And he has never done that for us. And I cannot believe he's still playing for us. There's a question in this league as well as to whether we really need a destroyer, given the quality of the teams that we're playing against. We should just be able to blow teams out the water, you know, given the relative resources. Like, if you're playing a Liverpool or a Man United, yeah, you need someone there to break up the play. But if you're playing a Rochdale or an Oxford United, just being a destroyer is not good enough. We need to offer a bit more of an attacking threat, exactly. I suppose. Just being active as a team defensively will do that job because if you're putting teams like that under pressure, they'll invariably give the ball away more. You don't have to have someone trying to break up play. Just being fitter and more defensive as a unit, which we are anyway, will do that anyway. So there's no need to have Spearing and Vela in the same team, which we've seen this these times. And it's just it's just nonsense to, to be so defensive. I, I just don't see how Spearing fits in the team. I, I it's an interesting approach. I'm not sure I, I, I totally agree, but I think some of it's got to do with Parkinson's transfer strategy as well because we've, we've, we've been obsessed for years about getting players in from higher levels, loaning people in like Henry and Amiobi. Whereas if you look at so the, way that the success that Wigan had last season, they hoovered up the best players in this division. And it, it took them on. It, they did, absolutely. And I appreciate the situations aren't the same. But what I'm trying to say is that maybe the, the grass isn't always greener with getting someone in from the Premier League or from the Championship like Amiobi or Henry. Fine, on paper, they should be storming this league. But again, I heart back to the same point. I'm sure we had this conversation when we left the Premier League. Well, it'll be all right because we've got Ungog. He's been, the, he's been playing in the Champions League. We've got Knight. Yeah, you need... It feels like we need more players who... We're, we're signing players who aren't playing for their clubs whatever level, so they haven't got any momentum. And then when it comes to us, they're struggling to find it. We should be get signing players who are playing well at lower levels, maybe, so they can make the step up and are in a good run of form themselves, rather than trying to get out of a rut for themselves. And then, you know, with Bolton already in a rut, I mean, it's kind of weird. The best signing we've made is Beavers, yep. and he came from Millwall, didn't he? He's not that's one good. who we've parachuted in from higher league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very. That's very true. I'd argue that's the only successful signing. We've made. I think that's the only successful signing so far, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the only one. Right. I think it's hard to judge a couple because they haven't really played every now and then. But he's certainly better than Howard, Proctor, Henry, Amiobi, Keshi so far. The only time will tell if any of them actually do come good. But Beavers has been the only one who's come in and been consistently very, very good. Probably no doubt about it, our best player of the year so far. But it's a weird one. Was there any redeeming players on Saturday, Liam? Nope. No good. No. Beavers. Beavers at seventy percent, maybe, but it's hard because we're we're just. It's very nondescript. It's a bit like Chris when he he was trying to explain about it. It doesn't capture you 
there's nothing to say really, can we? How can we really? <laughs> no one, no one. It's, it's boring. Mm. So, it's very boring. This might seem drastic, but Joe, how long do you think Parkinson has to change turn things Ooh. around? Oof. Are we in a position well, to be able to Well, Big back on the market, isn't it? <laughs> More on that later. Um, realistically, I think he's got till at least Christmas, just because he's brought in a lot of new players. He has basically done a complete turnaround on the squad. We were playing reasonably well for the first four games. I think he's basically he's built the club in his image in this last few months, you know, with the number of players he's brought in. And so if you sack him, you're essentially writing off all those players who he's brought in. What was it, like 11, 12 players we brought in in the summer? I mean, if you're going to give a manager that much leeway, that much room to invest, you can't then write him off after three months because then you bring in someone else. And, you know, he's going to go out and sign another six, seven players in January. And To be honest, though, John, no. if you don't mind me interrupting, um, I was looking, at some, some, looking up some bits and pieces on Parkinson earlier on for another article I'm planning. Uh, when he was at Bradford, his win ratio was one in three. So, you know, we're not that far off that, are we really, at the moment? I mean, should we really be expecting any more than this? Well, if you remember, all Bradford fans were saying that he'd steady the ship, but would not get us any further than that. So maybe we should have heeded their warnings more. more yeah, but Bradford fans are just the bitter ex, aren't they? Oh, absolutely! You'd never believe it. There's a Bradford fan at my uni, and I probably would have taken this though at the start of the season because it's we forget that we were still in decline. Yeah. There's a long way further to fall. Yeah. So, Do you feel like if we had of if the season was the other way around, if we had to start it poorly and then had four wins on the bounce now, we'd all be happy sitting eighth. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah, that's that's human nature, isn't it? You know, it's, a, it's a forty-six game season. It's not nobody. I don't think anyone is in it with the right mind is saying that he. You know, I've seen a few idiots say, "Oh, he's got three games to turn it round." Rubbish, absolute rubbish. These uh, Anderson and all his mates, they've they've stood by this fella now. So this, we've got this guy come out of water, I think. And what is success for us though at the moment is it is it to be eighth? Eighth isn't this eighth isn't a disaster. We might have been on the shock, most shocking run in in a while with seven or eight games without a win, half of them without scoring. But we're still eighth. We might be you know eight or nine points off the top, but that's only two or three wins in this league. You know it's so tight. Yeah. I just think there's there's Look a long way Barnsley to go last before year. you start I think losing. They're in the mind. relegation zone at Christmas. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So are we all are we all preaching not to panic as of yet and just see how it goes? I think you're entitled to be concerned because there's definitely problems, but I don't think ripping the whole thing up and starting and starting again after three months is necessarily the right way. Um, but the no, same we've invested too much in it to rip it up after three months. Of course we have. It's the same with the booing. I fully understand where they're coming from, but I, I don't think Anderson and, and uh, Aldworth are going to change it. Not this. Not this soon. Yeah, it's a rebuilding process, and we need to be patient while all the, while the foundations and the clay set, and hopefully we can definitely. move on forwards. Elsewhere, away from Bolton's shitness, let's get away from it. The Supporters Trust, they had an AGM this week. I imagine none of us went and we just followed it on Twitter, like the good little Supporters Trustees we are. What do we reckon of the Supporters Trust at the minute, Chris? It's a bit of a controversial... controversial it is, and I'm, 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 I'm glad Joe's on tonight because we've been talking about this for however long, haven't we, mate? The, the fact that we don't know... Yep. We don't know because I went in there bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and all excited and, and optimistic. And I feel I feel a bit ambivalent, to say the least, you know. We've not got any real purpose or direction. And I appreciate that they're um, 
Arse was handed to them by the fact that they couldn't get involved in the takeover of the club, which you know they, they claimed like they wanted to do. And, and what's their actual point and purpose at this minute in time? I think as a watching brief, then it's perfectly legitimate, but we shouldn't expect any more from them, and maybe they shouldn't talk uh, talk the tall talk, you know. Um, but Joe, I know you were a lot more cynical than I was, and you, and you were proven to be uh, to be correct in that, weren't you? Back in back when it first started. Well, I mean, they had they had this AGM the other day, and all we've heard for the last few months is wait till the AGM, wait till the AGM, and all that's come out of that is. We're going to have an area where you can go before the match and we've got an app and we're going to appoint a few talking people onto the board. But what do they actually do? What do they do that Bolton Wanderers Supporters Association hasn't been doing for for years? They just seem like a supporters association with ideas above the station. Because, I mean, Ken Anderson and the board clearly don't give a shit what they think. <laughs> you know, they don't, have a, they, don't, they don't have a share in the club. They don't have a seat on the board. They can say what they like. It's just the same as us talking on this podcast. You know, Ken Anderson can listen to this. He doesn't have to give a shit what we think. And he doesn't give a shit what the supporters trust think. The only difference is you don't have to pay 10 quid to listen to this podcast. It's just... That's not a bad idea. It's a lot of self-serving people who would just feel like they seem to have appointed themselves as the moral guardians of the club. And what do they actually do? It's been, what, nearly a year? You know, not far off a year. We've all chucked in our 10 quid. Yeah, and what have they actually done? Mm-hmm. I mean, you name me one tangible thing. They had their elections that weren't elections. That's it. Yeah, I got a really one nice election that wouldn't have gone out of place in the bloody Soviet Union, and that's it. It's just they just seem far more interested in stroking their own egos than actually doing anything. Yeah. Like, oh, we've got an app. Well, what do you fucking do? I don't want an app. I want a supporters trust. I mean, if I wanted an app, I'd go and fucking develop one myself and I wouldn't pay 10 quid for it. Mm-hmm. It's, I say, it's, it's not what was promised, frankly, or it's not certainly not what was expected. What I would say, in their defence, because I do agree it's been a little bit of a... ever since, you know, its inception, and then they got rid of the media person, Johnny, and it just it's all gone to shit. The PR they've had, it's just been very poor. They've lost a lot of goodwill they had. But in the defence, I would say that they've been... I'm pretty sure not many supporters' trusts have done anything more than they had in the amount of time they've been, you know, a thing. I think, remember, Portsmouth supporters' trust was a, a, a thing for years, years and years before they finally bought the club. So things like this do take time, and it has been... We had to... They did have to, like, rush and rash-tag the well, I mean, beginning what of this to try they and buy it. But I agree. I don't they know. have made the most of what little they have had. I mean, they were banging the drum about... Democracy, democracy, the voice of the fans. And then when he actually gets the vote, it's just. Well, no, only five people got through the vetting process. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, the vetting process should be the fans. Who decides who's worthy of election? It should be the fans. Put them all up for election. If the crap, they won't get elected. Having seen the state of some of the people that tried to put themselves forward, it's maybe not the best idea, the worst idea in the world to have them rejected. Yeah, but you look at some of the people on the board, they're equally as tragic. As well, equally, equally, yeah, you're, you're totally right. And, and it's, it's one of them, isn't it, who, who decides who's worthy of it. And you're totally right that it should have been more um, open and transparent process, I think. And it's, it's mixed yeah, messages. I, 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 you get mixed messages. Sorry, Liam, go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm not cynical enough to say that they've done it all deliberately. 
but it doesn't look good, does it? Is if you leave it all open and transparent, then everyone can see how it's done and whatever the outcome. If you're not happy with it, tough. But when it's all done very cloak and dagger behind closed doors, and at the end of the day, right, we've decided that we've not had enough people, so we're just going to appoint ourselves, mm. even if it's done in the best of um, with the best intentions at heart, it doesn't look good, does it? Yeah, Liam, you remain conspicuously quiet on the matter. I think it's easy to criticise, but what happened was the the situation did change very quickly for them, and they became every single day they became less relevant. So I think to criticise what they've achieved so far, I think it's a bit premature. Although in regards to the transparency and the elections, I think you're absolutely spot on with that. I, I think that's that's really wrong. I think. I don't want to be in a position where I criticise the trust because I, I do believe that it, it can be good. And I do believe that just because it isn't working now doesn't mean it can't develop into something more in the future. So I think it's still finding what it means because it's different in every single club, like we've mentioned. And obviously there's a lot of passionate Bolton fans that have tried to get involved that haven't necessarily been able to. But I think over time it may take a different and more positive direction. Yeah, I'm. I pretty much agree. With I think we all we all want it to we all want it to work. I think, don't we? And it's not for the lack of trying. I mean, it's yeah, come a long a long way in a short amount of time. But maybe in its present form, maybe it's not quite right. But maybe it's not a bad thing. It's a work that we criticise. Well, that, that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not slagging that's it off saying, saying we shouldn't have bothered. Like me and you were involved in you know the very early stages of yeah. thinking we should sell the trust. So I'm kind of I'm not trashing it for the sake of it. I want it to work, but. You have to be willing to criticise things. You know, if it's not working in its current form, if you want it to work, you've got to be able to. There's yeah. no point just saying la la la, everything is wonderful, and sticking your fingers in your ears. It's. You've what, got I'm to to say, what I'm trying to say is that maybe, maybe, maybe the present situation isn't a bad thing for it to find its feet in a period of stability behind the scenes. So then, that should we need them to step in 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 one, two, three, four, ten years? They've got that experience behind them. They've made the mistakes whilst they're not in charge. You know, can you imagine if they were doing this sort of thing while they were actually the owners of the club in some way? You know, it could be an absolute car crash. So I'm no, quite happy for I'm quite happy for him to make mistakes now when when there's no real consequences. Um, but I agree, we've got every right to to say that you know this, this isn't quite what we expected. But whether they change or not is up to the the new board, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Um, so elsewhere, Josh Feller signed a new contract until 2019. We're all happy with that. Yeah. I'm surprised by it. Which yeah, me too. I, I thought he would have been on his way, to be honest. That we would have got um, rid of it or he would have wanted out. No, no, I think... I think Eva would have been understandable, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. He's never really... I, I, I don't think he's ever kicked on. I think, if anything, he's regressed, really, rather than progressed. But I... I don't think it would have been a surprise, and maybe a clean break might have been good. I agree. I agree. Having said that, having, having said do we know that, his best position yet? No. <laughs> no, no, it's only been four years. Four years, and none of us can really say what his strongest position is. I mean, yeah, he's you know versatile, but it doesn't speak particularly well of us or the player that we don't actually know where he's best played. Do you play right I, back on Saturday? Yeah, and he was dreadful. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> His positioning was appalling, and it's not his fault. Cause he's not a right back, but he, you know he he was there with Laurie Wilson, I think, on the bench. We had two left backs playing on the other side, and we struggled because he, he's not he's not quick enough. That's his main flaw, I think. He's eager and he's got a good a good range of passing, and he's got the opportunity to have a good shot as well on him. But 
he's just not quick enough for for anything. Um, and it really cost fair, him with him losing his man for that first goal. To be fair, Wilson played on Tuesday night, and as much as this will upset Tom, he was absolutely shocking. Like, well, fair enough. I didn't, I, I didn't see him play. I didn't see him play at all. Won a competition. Mm, I just find it hard to, to to justify people being played out of position when there are um, specialists in the squad available and fit. But then again, it was boxed and injured, I guess. I suppose. Seems to be. Seems to have Go, been oh, well, that, that's that's pre- that's pretty positive then. I do agree with this on that front because I've I've always been stung from the semi-final with Elmanda in centre mid yeah. when we had Tammy Cohen on the bench. I don't think I could ever get over that ordeal. So I, I do very much agree that there's no way putting someone in a position they're not comfortable in when you've got a specialist there. <laughs> it just never, ever makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, it's nice that we're actually signing players on now because I think we've got like 12 players out of contract at the end of the year. So Yeah, it protects our one. investment, doesn't it? It protects our investment, I guess, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the most base manner, which I've got... Better business sense than we normally would buying Almanda for ten million quid and just giving him a three-year contract. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, time for an even sadder note. Um, Ivan Klasnitz, a former Bolton striker, uh, news broke over the weekend that his kidney has failed again and he's now in need of an operation. He's on dialysis three times a week, and he, because of the antibodies in his body, he can no longer take kidneys from family members, and he's now on a mm-hmm. waiting list that takes about seven years. It's quite an awful thing to hear, especially if on a player that you know so many people loved was one of the best finishers I've ever seen personally. And it's just a very sad thing to wear, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, very much so. I mean, I'm, I'm not really one for minutes applauses and all that kind of thing, but um, I believe it was Matt who said in the, the little Facebook group we have where we discuss matters about you know if it can cheer Klasnich up a little bit to think that we're all thinking of him then yeah you know who am I to say that we shouldn't do it and it was it actually was a bit quite touching at the moment of applause that went around the stadium it it, it was it was good um, and I hope he does get over it because like you say he's uh, quite it was a, quite the character once he I remember um, when he played for us I used to work in Manchester City Centre and I bumped into him once on the way home and he was quite happy to stop and chat for five or ten minutes to me as I was blundering home from work in the dark one, one, one sort of Christmas evening so yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. Just got to hope that he gets his uh, gets what he needs and, and gets back healthy and comes back, comes over to watch a match before too long. Mm-hmm. Liam, any thoughts? I think Chris has covered everything now. Obviously, you know you wish him the best of luck, and it's obviously quite a tragic set of circumstances. The fact that it's so limited in terms of being able to get the treatment that he needs, given the fact that of the antibodies and that sort of thing. So yeah, I mean it, it's terrible, and obviously thoughts go out and that, that sort of thing. Joe, any? Particular favourite memories of Klasnich? Um Didn't we see him score away? Didn't we go to that Fulham game where he scored that that uh, that famous turn and finish, Joe? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, yeah, that was a cracker. That yeah, it's uh, I I don't I couldn't name another Bolton player in the last ten years. Maybe Anelka who could have done that. Yeah, I don't think even Anelka could finish like he could. Yeah. Although I will say one thing: even in his current state, I mean, you see the pictures of him. You know, he's hooked up to the drips and all that kind of thing, and. I still ventured that he would be our best striker yeah. if we signed him now. 100%. 100%. He's still better than Medine. Fucking Andy Walker and John McGinley would be our best striker if they play. Never mind anyone else. Coyle not signing him up again. <laughs> the year we got relegated, probably the most grievous sin he actually ever did at our club because he'd have fucking rinsed the championship. He'd have scored for fun. I just loved his, like I said, the spin, the spin and shoot, shoot on the turn, his trademark finish. It was, I've never seen anyone be able to finish like it. I remember, my, I think my favourite goal of his 
was that the that he did against QPR in that game when they you know they scored an offside goal, they got a ghost goal that was disallowed, and then he went and scored the uh, um, that brilliant finish that won us the game that we thought might have kept us up at the time. Yeah, Klasnich, one of one of my favourite players in recent times. A great character, great striker, and we and everyone at Line of Air Suite certainly wish him all the best in the world and hope he gets better soon. Definitely. I think my favourite bit, if you don't mind me just saying as well, yeah. at the time, he, I can remember we were playing when he came on a sub, scored the winning goal and got sent off about 10 seconds Stoke. later. Yeah. That's Stoke, <laughs> yeah. Last minute he scored against Stoke, didn't he? That's right, yeah. yeah that, was a, that, was, that was a brilliant one, that. That was brilliant. Yeah, what a fucking great player. And speaking of play, people who probably need all the wishes and whatnot of the world, Big Sam... Oh, lads, he's fucked it. Stitch up. Oh, lads. It's a stitch-up. It's a stitch-up. Absolutely heartbreaking. If you somehow do not know, Big Sam Aldice has been sacked as England manager 67 days into the job after he was done. (laughs) After he was caught by the Telegraph in a corruption football sting of whatnot. Do we all... It's such a weird situation, because I don't think he did anything that inverted commas wrong. But Somebody should image. have an investigation into why Glenn Johnson's back in the England squad. Never <laughs> oh, mind, no, trying to get these even, managers. Don't even bring that up. I might just jump out my window. Yeah, bring him back already. Like I said, Glenn Johnson's a more grievous sin. Worthy, worthy Some of Malaysian betting syndicates had a lot of money on Glenn Johnson being in the England squad. Mm. Oh, right. I, I agree. I, I think it's, it's harsh. I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's guilty of showing off and bragging, but he's not. I don't think he's done anything wrong and he's not broken any laws. He might have given someone some advice that things are possible, but it is possible. And it's because the FA laws have made it, uh, rules have made it possible. But when it came to it, with anything dodgy, he was he was legit, wasn't he? He said, oh, I'll have to run it. You want me to come and do some business with you? I'll have to run it by the FA. So that is what he should be saying, isn't it, really? Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's just an easy, an easy excuse for people that maybe not, that his face would never fit with some of the suits, the higher-ups, oh. like, you know, you yeah. People like Trevor Brooking and all that sort of thing. You know, he's not their cup of tea. But Southgate is. He's a quiet, polite, yes, nice, nice boy. You probably, you know, says uh, yes, uh, yes, and please, and thank you to his mum when he's having his Sunday roast, etc. Like the reactions it's... from so many journalists who were meant to be unbiased and fair. Just you can tell he was destined to fa- always fail because they were just had the knives out from him from the start. Like said, Henry Winters, Duncan Castles, and more. Just that you could tell they were so happy that he'd been given the boot and hadn't even got of a chance to. Of course. Well, these are the same journals who've been championing honest Harry Redknapp for years. Yeah. He's as bent as a nine bob note, so like, it don't matter. You can be as bent as you want if you've got a Cockney accent. As yeah, allegedly, as long as, face, as, long as you can be as allegedly bent as you want, as long as you've got a Cockney accent, basically. Yeah, it's it's fucking dying. It's just so annoying because we'll never get to see his England team now. And I generally think he would have got us fighting. He would have given us an identity, and now we're just going to be bland and boring and fucking plain as anything. Under, well, he wouldn't have picked Andy Jesse Carroll's absolutely fucking anyway. gutted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nicky Hunt's just like putting his fucking England shirt away. Liam, again, you <laughs> what's your take on the whole scenario? Because I completely disagree with all of you. I guessed. I had to go. You, you can't do that yeah. in the position that he's in. It's That's absolutely nonsense one. what he's doing. Yeah. What, what he's doing is terrible. And don't get me wrong, you know, I feel for the guy. That's his life ambition gone like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what he's advising on is exactly what we want to be moving away from. Now, look, whether it's a you know whether it's a sting or not, and all that stuff, 
that's a separate issue. But at the end of the day, you could argue that the ends have justified the means here because it looks like it's hard the most sophisticated thing in the world. And he's there, merifing off, giving... And, you know, whether he's been found of any particular wrongdoing, whether he's broken any laws, isn't necessarily the issue here. The fact is, at the end of the day, the FA is a regulatory body as much as it is yeah. just in charge of the team. And they're going to have to hold people yeah. up to a point on a moral basis throughout the whole season. Yeah. And how can they do that if yeah. the front of the organisation, the man who represents them on the global stage, yeah. is doing that? It's not like the captain's not been uh, in the newspapers for reasons probably a lot worse than what Allardyce has done or... You know the, the the former captain. You know, celebrated. Correct, famous but they're not international. on a salary, are they? No, they're no. Not, but for, you know, this is the thing. Them. If you're talking about who your representative is, and there being you know a, a PR uh, issue, your captain being a, a, a well convicted or whatever the word is racist. You know, what's worse? What's worse? There's there's ways of looking at it, and I agree. With, I see where you're coming from. I just think that it's a uh, it's given certain people an easy which excuse to that? make Can we just clarify easy, which captain we're discussing on that face of the matter. Well. The, um, the 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 user of prostitutes obviously is the present captain and, and superhero, and the dirty stinking racist is is our mate John Terry of right, course. Just, just just so the love lawyers know which one's the <laughs> racist there. Um, yeah, hey. that, when I first heard that point, Liam, that was that's what made sense to me. That's why it, you know he had to go. If it, if more managers had have come out, you know if it had come out that more managers had been bent and they had to. Yeah, judge them. They couldn't judge on them with having Aldice hired. Yeah, there it, was some, there was some parts of the media that wanted him to fail. I, I agree with that, but at the end of the day, it's not like he made it difficult for him. Not really. And <laughs> yeah, it just it's a thing is, did did this change anyone's mind? What do you mean? Did anyone who wanted him in the first place want him sacked over this? Didn't want him in the first place. I think not want him sacked over this. It just seems like an excuse to people. I think it's more that knew he had to go, wanted him to stay, but knew he had to go type thing. Yeah, that was my that was my view. I I I knew he had to. I'd, I'd have been a bit. I'd, I'd have felt annoyed if he didn't in a weird way. As much as I didn't want him to, but I felt like, come on, you know, you, you you've got to do this. It's the it's the right thing to do here. Um, and they they were they were decisive. To be fair, you know, they they nipped but it in the bud. Shouldn't they have oh. given it more time and thought about it? No, and seen to see what else came out. Let him, I find it hard to even think. If, even if I, you don't think it's a sackable offence, and I don't, it is fucking stupid. I mean, he must let's... know how many people have got their knives out for him, how many of these journals are just waiting for him to slip they've up. Appointed him, they've appointed him with their eyes open, though. They're not getting bloody Mother Teresa, are they? They've got some fellow who's got who's, who's faced questionable accusations in the past. Accusations well, they which seem are, to think which probably, they were getting Mother Teresa. Well, but I don't, I don't see how they could have done it. And so I think to judge him on... What he's done on this this sole thing makes the whole thing stink a little bit because if you're going to judge him just on what he's done now, then you'd have to say that's it's a harsh second. If you're going to say, well, look, there's been this sort of thing in the past, then don't appoint him in the first place. Yeah, I but think... yeah, but that I, see that's a bit of a copper though, isn't it? Because you're not giving him the responsibility of the fact when he's employed by the FA, he's gone and done this. You know, you're kind of dimin- you're diminishing by that by going, he's a oh, he's a bit of a lad, isn't it? You know. No, just because... um, yeah, absolutely, and, and, and again, sorry to interrupt, but I'm not. I'm not saying that he's, he's innocent just because he's a hero. Blah blah blah. He's he's taken responsibility after the fact, which is you know is is one thing. But when it's come down to it, in in the key conversation, when it comes to anything that's to do with you know anything that illegal or specifically about breaking laws, 
or, or conflicts of interest or, or representing the FA in England, that's when he's come back and cited the need to get that sort of approval and permission. So I, I don't think I don't think it's as black and white as that. I really don't. It's a it's a sad state of affairs, and we'll just we'll never see his team. And I think it's so heartbreaking to just know how happy he was to get it, and and then he it was his fault in the end of the day. It was his well, exactly, and I think we can all we can all agree on that. The fact that if, you know if you are that kind of guy, if you are that sort of um, passionate, wanting to be England manager, blah blah blah, then yeah, exactly. Just keep your gob shut. Just just go home, do your scouting, go to the competitions, and do your best. It's his own. It is his own daft fault. However much you want, might want to try and defend him. Mm-hmm. And I, guess... I mean, it was quite. I'm oh, sorry. After you. No, it was it was uh, quite heartening on uh, Tuesday night before the actual news came out that he had been sacked. That the Bolton fans at Rochdale were running through all the old repertoire of uh, Sam Allardyce songs. So, I mean, as much as he might have been a tit and you know messed up his job, chance of the England job, he knows someone still loves him. Yeah, our doors are always open for him. And finally, I guess we'll. Uh, I just say it. I'm so rusty. I guess we'll end this love podcast with a question to the fans, to the fans, to the readers. But hell, who do I think I am? Chris, have you collected the answers? Um, I said I would do, didn't I? And you've well, done. this is this is a high, this is a high time for me just to stall for two seconds well, while I just, I just get the answers. To our lovely panelists, let's and then you collect them. Let's. Right, where will Bolton finish this season? No, Liam, after a rough patch of form recently. Where, where will Bolton end up? Well, earlier on I actually answered the question before I thought I was coming on the pod, and I said eighth, mm-hmm. but I've changed my mind now, and I think ninth. Ooh, big negative, margins. negative, negative approach. <laughs> Joe, what do you think? I reckon we'll squeak the playoffs and then do what Bolton always do and blow it when it comes to the actual... Um, Knockout competition, but no, I think I think we'll make playoffs. I think we we'll, we're entitled to be disappointed if we don't get top six. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think we still have enough quality wise. It just needs to gel. We need to get rid of the diamond. We need to get Henry out wide. Actually, play to play his strengths. Get people in the positions. I think we will start getting results again. I think we will fifth or sixth. I think we will get in the playoffs, and then who knows from there. But I think any dreams of automatic promotion or even win the league may now be out of reach with just how you know how t- you know Bradford and Scunthorpe and the like are already so far ahead of us you know Bradford haven't lost in like 11 games now all season they've got in a fine run of form it may end at some point but it doesn't look to be at the moment and you know as you said earlier anything could change in this league you can go from bottom to top in a matter of months and we're not that far away but I just don't I don't, I don't think our players have the mentality to win a league or even finish in top two but only time will tell. Chris, what, what do you think? And then you can tell I, us what everyone else thinks. Yeah, no worries. I've got the answers ready. Um, I think it's too early to say. I still think it's too early. So we're not even a quarter of the way through the season yet. Um, or maybe we are. Maths was never my strong point. Um, I, I agree with Liam. Uh, was it Liam said playoffs, I think? We get me the playoffs. And, me and Joe. Liam thinks not. Yeah, sorry. I beg your, beg your pardon. Liam was a negative one, wasn't he? Of course. Um, I, still think we'll get, I still think we'll get the playoffs. I think there's a long way to go. Um the, the few new players that we've got are still trying to gel. So, yeah, let's look on the bright side of life. But it's, yeah, there's quite a few mixed answers coming in from the people who respond on Twitter. Um, we'll start off with Viren Patel, says 10th. Uh, Boothroyd said top six. Trust in Phil Parkinson, he's still finding his feet. You don't go from brilliant to shit within seven games. I think you find you do. Um, James Twiddell's miss out on the playoffs. Got a horrible feeling we're going to be like Sheffield United and be here for a while. Um, BWFC goals says between 4th and 10th so a bit of fence sitting 
Uh, Ian Firth, I think Parkinson will eventually get the players gelled as a team, but lack of goals will mean we miss the playoffs. He's put eighth. Martin Howell, the voice of reason, is that relegation. Um, <laughs> Loughborough Craig says 12th. Uh, Kieran says if you don't get a goal scorer, January mid table at best. Um, Spanner, nice name, says League 2 in administration, so his glass is half empty. Um, oh, oh, next, 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 next. Scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. Um, Barnett Catherine says, Hi, who fuck my ass tonight? Find me on the website. So that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> she been texting you as well. <laughs> David, Hallsworth, David Hallsworth says, Second, I like that one. Yeah, we've got another Dave here said, In the summer, we need to avoid relegation. He's going to go in 19th. John Williams says, Only see relegation. Phil Dunney says, Playoffs. Mr. Ecky says, at home against Peterborough, so factual. Uh, so a whole uh, raft of different opinions there, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <coughs> only time will tell. Well, everyone, that is the end of the Love Pod episode 64. It's been a, it's been one, it's been full of mistakes, it's been full of technical difficulties, it's been full of dead mics, but it's also been full of brilliant opinions, I must say. You can get us all on Twitter. I'm at Maruski. Chris is at 19man in 83. Joe, what are you? Because I don't know. Um, at J Norris BWFC and Liam is at Liam underscore O'Mara correct uh, get on that and you can get us all on line of, at line of Vienna Steve. you can go over to lineofviennasuite.com for all those articles and complaints on Bolton Wanderers at the minute you know and apparently we're a Bradford City blog now as well so check out all that stuff and apart from that there's, I think that's it isn't it yeah I'm, 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 I'm rusty I've forgotten how to do all this stuff if there's nothing left to say, lads, please say goodbye, Chris. Bye! <laughs> say goodbye, Joe. Goodbye. And say goodbye, Liam. Goodbye. Goodbye from me, Salavi.